1: Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Wednesday, June 24th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. A number of developers, streamers, and game journalists have shared stories of abuse in the game industry. Pokemon Unite, a Pokemon MOBA, was announced this morning. Former PlayStation executive Sean Layden reminisces about shorter games with smaller budgets. Facebook Gaming will not be integrated into Xbox One to replace Mixer, and Christopher Nolan's movie Inception will be airing in Fortnite on Friday. Game developers, streamers, and game journalists share myriad abuse, sexual harassment, and assault stories within the industry. Just a heads up before starting this first segment... It does cover topics that may be inappropriate for younger listeners or troubling for those who have experienced issues like this personally. I do keep this podcast clean, and today's episode is no different, but I did want to at least offer some kind of content warning before starting. And if you want to skip this section, I totally understand. The next segment begins at the 4 minute and 35 second mark, if you just want to jump there. This week, a number of women and men have come forward to share stories of sexual harassment and abuse within the industry online. Stories are continuously pouring in, even today, primarily through Twitter. This is obviously troubling news. However, elevating these stories is important, and I really appreciate the bravery of those willing to share their experiences. Arguably the highest profile allegations were shared about Chris Avalone, Avalon is a designer and writer, known predominantly for his narrative work on classic PC RPGs like the original Fallout games, but most recently he was credited as the writer for the upcoming Dying Light 2, which is no longer the case. After multiple stories were shared about his inappropriate behavior, he was removed from that game, and his ties were also cut with Hardsuit Labs, the studio behind the upcoming Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines 2, along with others. Kotaku's Ethan Gotch has one of the more detailed accounts of the allegations against Avalone as they spoke to a victim and shared her full story. Gotch's story is linked in the show notes. The New York Times also has a good story about the growing allegations focused mostly on the streaming and streamers side of the industry, which I also have linked in the show notes. Avalone was not the only games industry person accused of this behavior this week. Hayden Taylor reported on this recent wave of abuse allegations for GamesIndustry.biz and wrote, Over 40 individuals have been named. Taylor wrote, and then continued, The vast majority of those accused are influencers on Twitch or YouTube, with followings ranging from a few thousand to several million. Some have issued statements while others have remained silent or deleted their social media accounts. Accusations have been levied against popular Twitch streamer Tom, pro-syndicate Cassell, as well as YouTubers Joe Vargas, host of The Angry Joe Show, and Ryan Cryotic Terry. Taylor's GameIndustry.biz story goes into more details about the allegations, and the story is also linked in the show notes if you want to learn more. Following those stories, former and current IGN editors shared stories about inappropriate behavior from higher-ups within the company like Steve Butts, Tal Blevins, and Casey Lynch, none of whom are currently employed at the publication. These are far from all the stories and allegations that have been shared over the last few days, and I encourage you to seek them out. Those brave enough to share their stories deserve to be heard. It's obviously troubling that there are so many, but it is a good thing to see this kind of behavior be surfaced and shared to hopefully prevent more of it in the future. And just a quick aside, I do feel like I should have covered this story yesterday. It's one that has been growing and expanding over the last few days, But I wanted to make sure I was covering it thoughtfully. It is a dense story, and I just wanted to make sure I was sharing the full picture, or at least as much of the picture as I can. I encourage you to check out the stories that I have linked in the show notes. Pokemon Unite is a Pokemon MOBA coming to Switch and mobile devices. As promised last week, the Pokemon Company held another Pokemon Presents presentation this morning in order to announce Pokemon Unite, which is basically a MOBA where you play as Pokemon. No one really knew what to expect for this presentation after getting the new Pokemon Snap announcement last week. I thought it might be details about Pokemon Sword and Shield's next DLC, Others thought it might be a Let's Go Pikachu slash Eevee style game, but covering the gold and silver generation of Pokemon. But it turns out it's a brand new game called Pokemon Unite. The presentation began with president and CEO of the Pokemon company, Tsunekazu Ishihara, talking about the Pokemon franchise's cooperative and competitive play over the years. And then it revealed its 5v5 strategic team-based Pokemon battle game. The game is being created in partnership with Tencent, but the actual development is being handled by Timmy Studios. Timmy worked on the mobile version of Call of Duty and Player Unknown Battlegrounds, but it also created Arena of Valor, a 2016 mobile MOBA that continues to be popular. As someone who doesn't really play or enjoy MOBAs, my initial reaction can best be described as neutral. And while the rest of the presentation did little to convince me that I should be excited about the game, I do think it is very smart, and the gameplay seems like it fits well within the Pokemon franchise. Matches take place on a mirrored battle arena with five goals on each side, and you can actually destroy your opponent's goals, which puts them at a disadvantage. Players pick a Pokemon and fight enemies to level up and collect Pokemon to drop off at the goals, which gets you points and also heals you in a pinch and as you level up you evolve and get access to new abilities and attacks which lets you focus on different strategies like close range combat or long range combat. The Pokemon have different abilities which will dictate who you choose to play as but there will be no type advantages. You can also pull off team moves for lots of damage but you need to be strategic with them. The game will be free to play or as Nintendo likes to say, free to start for Switch and mobile devices, though there was no time frame for release. The presentation ended with a match between Ishihara and some Japanese celebrities and content creators. It's rare to see Ishihara playing a video game, so that was fun, and then his, his team won. It's definitely a MOBA, which, like I said, doesn't get me particularly excited, but it doesn't feel like the Pokemon company is forcing a round peg into a square hole. The idea of catching Pokemon for points and leveling them up to make them evolve and learn new moves are well-established Pokemon mechanics, so in that regard, I think I think it's smart. I think my biggest question at this stage, outside of release window and monetization, is how will communication work? The presentation focused often on the importance of teamwork, but I'm curious if there will be voice chat, something the Switch isn't particularly good at, or if there will just be lots of tools in-game to communicate with other players. I guess we will just have to wait to learn more. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about, all from the comfort of your home, isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery, Former PlayStation executive Sean Layden would like to see AAA games get back to the 10 to 15 hour length. Sean Layden, the former chairman of SIE Worldwide Studios for PlayStation, left the company late last year and has mostly been quiet, but appeared recently with a rather large beard on Game Lab Live with Games Beats' Dean Takahashi. Layden expressed pride in The Last of Us Part 2, a game that he was. Heavily involved with during the course of its development, but also reminisced about games in the AAA space being shorter and having smaller budgets, and talked about the difficulty of making modern games with bloated budgets and game lengths. Matthew Hondrahan reported on Layden's appearance for GamesIndustry.biz and wrote, quoting Layden, The problem with that model is it's just not sustainable, Layden said, explaining that the current generation has seen the cost of development reach between 80 million and 150 million for most AAA games excluding marketing costs, with production taking up to five years from start to finish. I don't think that in the next generation you can take those numbers and multiply them by two and think that you can grow, he continued. I think the industry as a whole needs to sit back and go, all right, what are we building? What's the audience expectation? What is the best way to get our story across and say what we need to say? It's hard for every adventure game to shoot for the 50 to 60 hour gameplay milestone because it's going to be so much more expensive to achieve. And in the end, you may close some interesting creators and their stories out of the market. If that's the kind of threshold they have to meet, we have to reevaluate that. I think Layden has an interesting point. As a video game consumer, I don't really think about the budgets and ultimately don't really care. I'm just more interested in the final product. That's Layden's concern, or at least was Layden's concern, but I definitely see where he is coming from. I do like the idea of games getting back to that 12 to 15 hour window. That was always the sweet spot for me for narrative games. As much as I really enjoyed Last of Us Part 2 and don't think I would want to see anything cut from the game, it was very long maybe even too long, and it can be intimidating to commit to a game if you know it's going to creep into that 30 to 40-hour window. Alternatively, though, the customer is always right, and if that's what sells and what players like, well, it's something that creators will just have to figure out. Facebook Gaming will not be integrated into the Xbox dashboard in place of Mixer. There is still a lot to unpack about yesterday's news, about Mixer shutting down and getting integrated into Facebook gaming, mostly in the form of unanswered questions regarding exactly what happened. But there are a few new details. Larry, Major Nelson Herb, who is a spokesperson for Xbox and has been for years, even though I don't know what his actual title is, took to Reddit to answer one question that even I posed yesterday. In a thread sharing a tweet from Phil Spencer that I will share in a second, Herb wrote, If you are asking if the current Mixer integration in the dashboard is just going to become Facebook Gaming, the answer is no. The Phil Spencer tweet in question, and Phil Spencer is the head of Xbox, was in response to someone asking if Xbox will open its doors a little more and allow for on-console streaming with more platforms like Twitch, Spencer responded, yes, we absolutely want to give gamers choice of where to stream from Xbox. So I haven't really used the built-in streaming options on the Xbox a lot. But my understanding is that Mixer, up until recently, was basically built into the platform. So if you wanted to stream, it would basically default to Mixer and you wouldn't have to mess with any other apps. But you still could stream to platforms like Twitch and YouTube. You would just have to download their dedicated apps and have them running and stuff. If I'm wrong about that, please shoot me a correction. But I think the main takeaway here is that in the future, probably the near future, it will be easier to stream directly to non-mixer streaming platforms from the Xbox One. Christopher Nolan's movie Inception will air in Fortnite on Friday. It was teased that a Christopher Nolan film would air in Fortnite after the Tenet trailer premiered in Fortnite a few weeks ago, and this morning we learned what that movie will be. Jeff Keeley, who seems to be instrumental in coordinating all this stuff, tweeted, Friday, watch Christopher Nolan's Incredible Inception live in at Fortnite game. Batman Begins and The Prestige will air in some international markets. This will be a fun experiment. See you there. Inception will be shown here in the United States three times on Friday, June 26th, 7 a.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, and 10 p.m. Central Time. As Keeley said, Batman Begins will be shown in other regions, and some regions, I would argue the luckiest regions of all, will air the Prestige. It's a little messy figuring out what will be airing in what region, so if you're not in the U.S., I would suggest finding Keeley's tweet in the show notes and following the link he shared. This is pretty undeniably not the best way to experience the movie. If you've never seen any of those movies, but want to watch them, Fortnite is probably not the best way to do that. But that being said, I think this is a weird, fun experiment. I can't imagine anything like this has been done before, maybe in Second Life. That's about the only place I can think something like this might have happened, but I'm not sure. I don't plan on watching the full film in Fortnite, but I think I will at least check in just to get a peek at this weird thing. I am also glad that the prestige is being shown in some regions. I really like all of Nolan's movies, but I do think the prestige might be my favorite. It's definitely the hipster pick, but I just have a very vivid memory of sitting in the dark theater just not knowing how to feel when the credits started rolling and Tom York's Analyze started playing, it just made me uncomfortable in a way very few movies have been able to, and I really appreciate it for that reason. Also, I figured out recently that I just, I like stories about people who are dangerously obsessed with singular goals. I mean, the whole idea of Batman, the prestige, The Last of Us Part Two. I guess those kinds of stories are just my jam. Here's what released today. Ninjala, the bubblegum ninja multiplayer platformer game, is out today on Switch. Make sure you don't confuse it with the character Ninjara from ARMS, like I did recently. It's free to play, and I'm curious about it. I have it downloading on my Switch right now. I plan on at least playing a few matches to check it out. That's it for gaming news today, Pokemon Cafe Mix is officially out, it released late last night. I played it a bit, I'm still struggling to find the depth in the puzzle solving because I have been pretty successful by just kind of swirling my finger around. I think it's there, maybe it just takes getting deeper into the game, but I, I'll i probably keep going with it. It's cute. Quick little correction here from at based EMP on Twitter. I talk about a Twitter account often, and I always say at ZHugeX, but at-based EMP sent me a message that read, I figured you should know. His profile is based off the popular historical Chinese strategist, Shuge Liang. So the pronunciation of his at name would be Shuge X. Thanks for the great podcast. I appreciate it, based EMP. I will try and remember that moving forward, because I am sure Shuge X will come up again in the future. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at KyleMHilliard Hilliard or at GamingRideHome, or you can send an email to Kyle at ridehome.info, and please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through Metroid Other M right now. You can also find me on The MinMax Show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. It sounds like there will be a lot of Cyberpunk 2077 information and gameplay, so that should be interesting.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.